the Workforce Connections podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the WC Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, another board member of the LVGA 50. We're visiting us today, John Canedo, President and CEO of Penta. Welcome, John. Thank you, Jaime. So we're excited to talk to you about today. I know that you and I get to see each other at the LVGA meetings. We want our listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, you've been in commercial construction for about 24 years, with 19 of those being in Las Vegas. With Penta since 2004, and again, I know you don't get to be the president and CEO in one day. So tell us about that journey from when you started to where you are today. Well, I will tell you, I never in a million years said I would doing, be doing construction in Las Vegas, Nevada. That is for sure. I'm actually from Buffalo, New York originally, grew up outside of Philadelphia. And uh, when I graduated from college, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was actually an environmental science and uh, resource management major with a concentration in geology. Uh, I ended up getting a job as a civil engineer for a uh a firm in New York, New York, uh, and Jersey, New Jersey City, New Jersey. And uh, I had a buddy who was going to Community College of Philadelphia at the time, and he transferred out to NAU in Arizona. And uh, him and his girlfriend went out there, and he calls me up and says, man, you've got to come out and see the West. It is beautiful. It is completely different than where you're living right now. So I took about a week off in January after about my third year uh, with that company and came out just to visit him. And uh, spent about a week in Arizona and uh, fell in love with it. Went back home, quit my job, sold my car, packed a bag, got on a plane, flew out to Phoenix, took a bus up to Flagstaff, and just decided to start up a whole new life. Wow. Uh, right about that time, I you know fell in love with my 2B wife. I was a cook at the Pony Express Bar and Grill, and she was a waitress at the Pony Express wow. Bar and Grill. And uh, we decided we were going to start a family, so kind of figured we better get back to... Uh, you know, a, a career instead of just, uh, you know, instead of a job. So I uh, ended up moving back down to Phoenix and took a job in construction again and uh, worked there for a couple years. But at the time, that company that I was with was doing more work in Las Vegas than they were in Phoenix. So I was spending more time traveling. Uh, we had our first daughter in uh, 2003, and my wife said, okay, you're done traveling. You're either not working there in Vegas anymore, or we're all moving to Vegas. And uh, so we moved here in 2004. I started with uh, Penta Building Group as a consultant traveling back and forth in 2001, and then as a uh, full-time employee in 2004. And uh, I guess the rest is history. We were here for, believe it or not, like a lot of people, I'm sure, that moved to Las Vegas. We were just going to be here for a couple years and then probably move on and do something else. But we fell in love with Las Vegas and uh, fell in love with our company and fell in love with the construction industry here. And uh, I guess I've been here for almost 20 years now. That's so cool. it's kind of where we are. That's awesome. And, and John, we were talking off camera a bit. Uh, I spent 20 years at MGM Resorts on many properties on the Strip, and you've done tons of work on those properties. We know some of the same people, yeah. ex-colleagues of mine that you still work with today. It's interesting, as you were walking in, you reminded me you uh, did the tenant improvements here for us when we moved in here almost 10 years ago. The place still looks great. Um, I, we are going to unpack a little bit later. You just mentioned you uh, when you graduated at, uh, from Lehigh University. Yeah. That's and right. our research team here has some surprises for you later for our, <laughs> our bonus segment called Against the Wall, which uh, our, our YouTube viewers get to see on the uh, on the version for the for the uh, podcast channel on YouTube. So, um, well, take it easy on me. It's been right. 30 years. We will. We will. <laughs> 
So you have some big responsibilities at, at Penta, but you also carve out time to uh, serve on some boards. I know that you serve with me on the LVGA 50. You also serve on Opportunity Village and Junior Achievement. I just had a meeting with Michelle from Junior Achievement last week talking about the place that they're going to have over here on TROP and 95. It used to be a fitness center, but Junior Achievement is going to build yeah. something really impressive there. So uh, tell us about why serving on these boards, uh, why is that important to you? Well, honestly, just because giving back to the community has always just been a passion, but it's also more than just a passion for me. It's a passion for the, the whole organization at Penta. It's one of the things we believe really strongly in. Uh, we are a local Las Vegas headquartered company, but we've expanded into Phoenix, Arizona, Northern California, and Southern California. And every time we get involved in a community, we make sure um, we're giving back to that community. Now, for me, I've actually, believe it or not, I can't believe it served my 10 years and timed off the Junior Achievement Board, um, although we're still involved and our CFO got back onto the board right now. And I replaced that with um, Special Olympics. So I'm on the board of Special Olympics with Nevada too. It's part of our culture. It's just who we are. Um, you know, we are very fortunate to live here. Uh, we have our families, the people that work in our company have families and those families live in the community. So we feel it's as important as anything else we do to try and, you know, contribute to the community. So, you know, part of that serving on boards, uh, part of that's through our foundation. We created a foundation a few years ago called the Penta Cares Foundation. Uh, we've probably contributed over $10 million and thousands of work hours to, you know, different community organizations through the Penta Cares Foundations too. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll make sure that we put um, that information on the screen here for our viewers about Penta Cares. Um, you've been a part of some really big projects. Again, who would have known, you know, 20 years ago that we would have our very own hockey team, that we would have a, an arena like the T-Mobile. Uh, but again, that's just one of the many projects that you have been involved with. And I, I know when I drive down the, the Las Vegas Strip or on the I-15 and I look at these buildings that I spent, you know, half my life in, it brings uh, up some certain emotions. Yeah. Uh, tell us what it feels like for you to drive by these landmarks that we have here in our city, and and to know that you know you were a part of that team that that uh, from when it's just a patch of, of dirt to what it is today. What does it feel like to? <laughs> There's nothing like it to be honest with you. It's probably the single greatest reason most people stay in construction is that sense of accomplishment of actually creating something that's going to last, that's going to be there for a long time. You mentioned T-Mobile. That's one of my absolute favorites, not just because I'm a huge Knights fan. Um, you know, I was from Buffalo originally, so I was a Sabres fan and I did love hockey, but I have to admit, I within the first season when they made the playoffs and then the Stanley yeah. Cup, I switched over and became a Knights fan first and yeah. a Sabres fan second, though. I do still wear my uh, Sabres Eichel shirt underneath my uh, Eichel jersey yeah. now for the Knights. But cool. uh, T-Mobile's one, you know, the one that we're involved in right now that's really exciting is the Formula One project that we're working on. Um, that is just going to be huge for Las Vegas and the whole community. And it's it's just an amazing event and it's just going to bring so much to this, this community. But, you know, there were a bunch of them. I mean, I can't even tell you which ones my favorites were. We had the Caesars Forum Convention Center was fantastic. The yeah. uh, the Wind Convention Center that we finished a couple years ago was fantastic. Um, boy, I, you know, we've done a bunch for stations. Aliante, the World Market Center. 
a lot of these jobs that you drive around town and you see them. You know what's really cool? Let me back up. You know what's the best feeling mm-hmm. is driving around town with your kids, right. right? I have four daughters and they range from 19 to 10 years old and driving around town with them and them recognizing one of these landmarks yep. and saying, hey, daddy, is this one of the ones that you right. did? And going, being able to be like, yeah, you know, Penta did that. And of course, it's not one of the ones that I did. It's one of the ones that we did as a company. Sure. But uh, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, that's so cool. I. I was just about to say I I, I am the same way. I uh, my kids are older now; they're twenty eight and thirty. But I remember driving with them and pointing out the projects. This is where we updated, you know, the chillers or replaced the boilers or upgrading from you know incandescent lights to uh, LEDs or compact fluorescents. My kids knew all the terminology from just being with just dad, yeah, with work. So. Um, it's a great feeling. I'll tell you, and I didn't mean to cut you off there too, but it's it's funny because it makes you closer to the community. So it ties right back into the first question that you talked about. Why do we get involved at Penta in so many of the different organizations? And and the reason is because we're tied to the community. I mean, we're building the community and it's a really it's a really cool thing to watch everything go full circle. Yeah. I, I'm I think that all of us feel uh, proud of what uh, Vegas has become, right? Uh, those who watch from, I think, the sidelines get that um, uh, get that awesome feeling of saying we have now a T-Mobile uh, uh, Allegiant Stadium, uh, but you get to build it. If you you and your team get to make it go from again, uh, those things are just uh, lands of dirt, and then all of a sudden we have these beautiful landmarks that will be there for decades, right? Yeah. Um, now construction companies, John. A lot of people think it's just the, you know, the people that are there on the construction site, but you and I know construction companies go way beyond that. You okay. hire for occupations that are never on a construction site, uh, all the way from architecture to finance to design to engineering, um, you know, all the way to the the jobs actually in the field. So today, one of the things we talk about a lot at the LVGA, uh, really everybody's talking about it is uh, one of our issues for economic development is labor, right? Mm-hmm. Talent. How are we going to continue to grow our economy when we live in a world, or in a, and for our case, in our country, where our, our birth rates have declined steadily, so we're not making as many babies or future workers. Uh, also, uh, more are retiring because of the silver age, the tsunami of, of workers of that generation that are retiring. Uh, we also have less immigration that we've ever had, and immigration has always been uh, part of the labor force that helps that has helped build this nation. So all these, uh, if you will, variables are are meeting up in this equation that is just a real big problem. How do we, you know, find uh, the workforce that we all need? So what are your thoughts on that on this current labor shortage, and perhaps what what do you think can be done to address it in the long term? <laughs> Wow. Solve our problems. Yeah. Wow. That you've kind of hit the nail on the head with one of the biggest problems that we're facing in the construction industry for sure. Um, Probably one of the biggest ones is the aging workforce we have. And it's not just the numbers of people. It's the, uh, the knowledge, it's the trade. It's the knowledge base. It's the, it's the skill set that gets, uh, that's retiring, unfortunately. Um, Locally, I think that's one of the most important things about the LVGEA is that the LVGEA is trying to bring more um, diversity and diverse workforce into the community. And I think that's, that's really the only answer because at the end of the day, you know, we do all we can to train people. We do all we can to create a great work environment that is going to attract people to stay with us. But if we're just, you know, sort of 
trying to make ourselves better so that we're taking people from our our competitors then all we're doing is a net zero game right because we're just moving people and now somebody else has a bigger problem with that so i think the most important thing is to be figure out how to bring more uh, of that workforce locally into Las Vegas and train them and give them the the skill sets they need to be successful. Because like you said, especially in the, well, let's call it the construct design and construction industry, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a laborer or a carpenter in the field or a uh, an engineer that's helping with the structural design or an accountant that's just, you know, helping us keep track of our billings and, uh, and all that. There is a broad range of skill set that's really, really necessary to make any of these buildings go up. So, um, you know, the formula is complicated, but simple. We need to attract people who are willing to work hard, and then we need to train them and give them the tools that they can have uh, to be successful. Uh, Believe it or not, the training and giving them the tools is a little easier than attracting people. But I told you earlier about how I've been here for about 20 years, and I moved out here uh, from the East Coast in 94 and moved to Arizona. Then I moved here. So that's why the math didn't quite add up, but uh, I've been out West for almost 26 years now. And the one thing I will tell you about Las Vegas is we came here thinking that it was just going to be a temporary stop and we were going to meet, we, me and my wife, and then we were going to move on and do something else. Vegas has so much to offer people. Nobody, you know, because we promote the hospitality and the gaming, rightfully so, out to the rest of the world, that's what the rest of the world sometimes thinks Vegas is. It's not until you actually live here for a couple years that you realize how amazing the community is. I mean, I've lived in a, a few different communities, and this is one of the most generous communities I've ever been part of, at least in the construction side, where our subcontractors, our design consultants, you know, Penta, our, even our competitors, all feel this, obligation is the wrong word, all this desire to mm. want to give back to the community. So I don't know. Talking's not going to be my uh, problem here, Jaime, so I'll keep going with That's stories good. if you want. The, I think- uh I think, John, one of the things that I noticed at the LVGA is that, that we have uh, peers on that board, as you said, that have been decades in this community. Yeah. Uh, I look at some of these board members, peers of ours, and they have invested a life uh, here, and they have stories like yours. And, you know, mine was that way, too. When I came 35 years ago, I think I had a two-year plan, and here we are 35 years yeah. later. I think it's common to that. And also on our board, we were talking off camera, we have a few, you know, people from the um, from your industry, uh, starting with yeah. Guy Martin from Martin Harris Construction. Yeah. And uh, he always tells us, you know, there is a real need to restore the nobility of the trades, right? There's a real need to reconnect back in the youth because uh, for too long, decades now, Youth have been, you know, heavily exposed uh, or ha- not exposed, if you will, uh, to the trades as as it used to be, where the you know vocational uh, training was something that you could pick up in high school. And while we've made some advances in some of these CTAs, uh, SECTA last year was named, I think, the number one magnet school mm-hmm. in the nation. We are really focusing now, John, uh, in the LVJ. We we have a group uh, starting with uh, Superintendent Jara from CCSD. Yeah but also the presidents of UNLV, Nevada State College, um, CSN, University of Phoenix, Toro, uh, you know, working together to make sure, again, that uh, at at the youngest of ages, we are exposing these future workers 
to everything, including the trades. And so uh, we have efforts in place, and we're going to call on you uh, to help us with that when the time is right. Is that a deal? Perfect. It's a deal. All right. We'd love to, because Guy's right. That is somewhere along the line, it stopped being cool to work in the trades. And I don't know when that happened, because it's probably one of the coolest things I can imagine. Now, that's an advantage for uh, Las Vegas again, by the way, because Las Vegas is one of those areas where you can get a good job in the trades and you'll make a good living and have a good benefit. And it's actually really, um, it's really a good career to go in and become a carpenter or an electrician or a sheet metal uh, worker. Uh, it's a great career in Las Vegas. Um, not everywhere in the country, I think is, is set up that way. Las Vegas really is. So, you know, trying to encourage, and I've, been involved in a lot of those different conversations mm -hmm. that you mentioned there. Encouraging more high school kids to get into the trades is uh, is a huge way to help help this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like you said, not only the wages and the benefits, uh, the longevity of the career, the quality of the career, but also I know that our other friends uh, here from Workforce Connections, uh, you know, Tommy White, Ludis Alvio, uh, Jeremiah Robnett from Sheet Metal. They also say it's uh, like the college without the debt, right? Because the four years they're learning the trade, uh, not only are they not uh, paying uh, or acquiring debt to pay for the training, but they're making money. They're earning as they're learning, yeah. right? And so it's like check, check, check on, on that choice for all places. And kids need to know more about it. Like everything else, there's positives and negatives to any choice you make, right? And one of the things that's great about going right into the trades that is you don't have from some of these people that go get a college education, which which is, there's nothing wrong with that. So please don't think I'm saying yeah, anything negative. Right, exactly. <laughs> But if you go into the trades at 18 years old, you're four years ahead of somebody coming out of college when it comes to work experience. So a carpenter that goes in at 18 years old and becomes a carpenter apprentice and works for four to five years as a carpenter apprentice at 21, 22 years old, when someone else is coming and graduating from with a college degree, that carpenter now has four to five years, not just of training that the unions provided for them, but also experience that they've gotten on the job. It's a huge advantage. We see, we tend to see the people that come up through the trades are a little bit more mature than the people who came through uh, college. Um, you know, you mentioned Tommy White. It's a great example with the laborers. They go in at 18, they become apprentices, and then they work their way through. They've learned a skill set by the time that they are out. And they've learned a work ethic. And that's an important thing that's different. And I will admit that I was probably one of these. But, you know, when you wake up in college and decide you don't maybe want to make it to class that day. There's really not a consequence for that, mm -hmm. right? You say, I'm going to skip class. I'm going to, I'm going to miss my biology class this morning. It's not that important. We don't have a test for another couple of weeks. I, I'm just going to skip that and I'll go to calculus, you know, at 11 o'clock. So, okay. They get a little flexibility with that. So then when they come to the workforce, they're not used to this. Wait a second. I got to be there at six o'clock. I'm going to be there till five o'clock. Well, when you get a career through the trades, you you're training yourself to basically have a discipline that maybe some people that come through college don't have, because if you, you know, become a carpenter apprentice and then suddenly you wake up in the morning and say, I don't, I don't feel like making it into work today. Well, you're kind of out of a job the next day, <laughs> a lot of the times. So there's a consequence that goes along with that. So we find there's a lot of advantages to people that choose the trades and actually learn how to develop, start their career at 18, as opposed to maybe when they're coming out of college at 21. And that's not to say one is right and one is wrong. It's just to say they're, they're both different and there's advantages to doing both. And we need them both. Penta yeah. hires both. 
Penta hires college graduates and Penta hires, uh, hires from the trades as well. That's right. And that's just one example. I think uh, everywhere, I think we need variety. We're never going to, I think, uh, have uh, a society where we don't need, you know, that stuff still. Uh, you need an electrician. You need a plumber every day, right? We take that for granted. So, uh, John, I know uh, we're going to, uh, again, uh, feature it a lot in our bonus segment. Lehigh University, as we were doing preparing for you, it's actually made the list of the U.S. Uh, News Best College list. Uh, it's a really good school. Um, I have no, why they, no idea why they accepted me. <laughs> <laughs> they, it's also called, uh, I guess, uh, a hidden uh, Ivy School. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a term I never heard before, but again, preparing for this, we read a little bit about it, uh, ranked 51 right now on the U.S. Uh, News Best College wow. list. Yeah, Lehigh, Lehigh University. So, John, as we um, get to the end of our podcast, want to talk a little bit about how we met, the, the LVGA 50, okay. being a board member there. In 2023, what do you hope to be your contributions to that board? Today, we, we, we during the interview, we've talked a little bit about it in general. Is there one or two perhaps specific goals that you want to make sure that you accomplish uh, this year at the LVGA? Um, same, same consistent with the reason we got involved in the LVGA right from the beginning. Uh, you know, the Las Vegas economy uh, tends to be a little erratic. Um, there are outside factors that can affect the economy quite a bit. And that that's tied to the fact that it's not an extremely diverse economy. Um, hospitality and gaming has been an amazing thing for this community. It's, it's, it's really strong and it's very good, but the problem is it's also very impacted by some of the outside economic factors. So Penta, for instance, we learned this lesson, we were growing very quickly through the two thousands. We hit 2009. We probably had about, I want to say, 250 uh, carpenters and laborers and about 170 uh, salaried employees, accountants, engineers, project managers. And uh, that's when, of course, the big recession hit. And we dramatically declined to probably close to 50 field labor. Uh, that would be carpenters and laborers. And I think at our low point, we're at about 83 salaried employees uh, by 2011. 10 or 11, um, which is hard for us because we're a very family focused company. We do not lay people off. We try to carry people. In fact, we lost millions carrying people through 09 and 010, uh, thinking that it was going to end. But the problem was everything slowed down so much in Las Vegas. So when that happened, we learned our lesson as Penta that we had to diversify. It's part of the reason geographically we went into California and Arizona. Um, but it's also part of the reason we started trying to diversify into education and healthcare and uh, industrial and warehousing and some of those other, other uh, construction markets for us because it's made us a stronger company. So now when the pandemic hit, for instance, our dip was significantly less because even though hospitality gaming slowed down because uh, when the strip was shut down, we were in all these other industries that were so much more diverse and made us stronger. We shifted people around very minimal layoffs at that point. So the strategy worked, right? Well, it's the exact same thing on a greater scale for the economy of Las Vegas. Las Vegas is stronger as the the markets that are here in Las Vegas become more diverse. And that's what the LVGA, in my opinion, is all about, is about creating economic diversity, creating um opportunities for more businesses to come from other regions, make Las Vegas their home and, and frankly, strengthen our economy. Well, um, 
they're lucky to have you. A shout out to our friend Tina Quigley, right? Yeah. Uh, lucky to have you on, on the board. I look forward to seeing you uh, there as we do just that throughout the year. And I want to thank you. I know you're a busy guy. I want to thank you for taking time, Thanks. coming down and doing the podcast here with us today. Excellent. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, John. Well, that's it for another episode of the WC Podcast. We hope to see you at the next one. Until then, stay safe.